Good morning, everyone. It is Wealth Wellness Wednesday, June 15th. I hope I got the date right. So messed up with the dates. Welcome to the Two Sisters podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. And Carol Sue will be on hopefully shortly. She's a little bit delayed, but we are going to jump right on into it today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have on the Two Sisters podcast today the amazing Alex Spicer. Alex, welcome to the Two Sisters podcast family. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Now, <laughs> excuse me. What I obviously loved in your bio is, and we're going to start there, okay? Okay, yeah. You are an anti-diet dietitian. So mm -hmm. let's dive right on into that. Why have you chosen that? And I sense that there is a real passion behind that. Yeah, yeah. So I guess my, well, when I became a dietitian, my philosophy was always that dieting, like low carb and, and Weight Watchers and things like that, they just didn't work. Um, you didn't need to go on a diet to be healthy. Um, my way of getting to becoming a dietitian, um, it's pretty, it's a long story, but it really just started with a family history of heart disease, um, kind of growing up in a household where that was brought up a lot. And we just were very conscious of, you know, what you need to do to kind of try to prevent heart disease at an early age and things like that. Um, so I kind of was always interested in healthcare. Um, and then when I got to college, I took a nutrition class and, you know, things just clicked for me. I was like, I love food. I love to eat food. Um, and you know, this goes with my wanting to work in healthcare, um, with something that I'm passionate about. I love that because, um, I think <laughs> when we take a look at what we eat and how we eat it, and why we eat it, there's a, there's significance in that because we all do things that are normal. And you, as you said, you learned at an early, at an early age um, with heart disease in, in your family, um, <clears throat> the importance of being able to not go on these fad diets, but be healthy, be conscious about what you do and how you do it. So now you've gone through, the, you went through the training, um, you're a dietitian. Explain a little bit more how you take your clients through the process. So I have kind of a three phase framework. Um, so I guess, do you want me to talk about intuitive eating first? Because that's really sure. what my framework is based off yeah. of. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, um, intuitive eating is a framework that really encourages people to just listen to their body's signals to tell them what, when, and how much to eat, um, rather than relying on rules and restrictions from diets or outside sources. And I like to think about this as um, kind of like going to the bathroom. <laughs> so when you have to pee, um, what do you do? You go to the bathroom, right? Like you get that signal from your body. You feel like you have to pee. So you get up and go to the bathroom if it's available. 
Um, nobody would just sit there and be like, well, you know, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't, maybe, you know, maybe I should just wait, um, try all these different things to keep myself from peeing. Um, no, we just listen to our bodies and we go. Uh, because this is a normal, natural process for our bodies. And there are consequences if you don't pee when you're supposed to, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, so same thing with eating. Uh, eating is a normal, natural, necessary process for our bodies. Food is very important for our survival. Um, but we have kind of gone down this path of not trusting ourselves around food and not trusting our bodies to tell us what, when, and how much to eat. And so that can cause a lot of problems. Um, even though many of us diet or have certain rules or restrictions around food because of health or because we want to be healthy, um, at the end of the day, if you're not listening to your body, that can actually have worse, you know, consequences for you than, um, just eating what, when, and how much you want. You know, I felt a lot of depth in what, what you, um, what you've described as far as intuitive eating. And as many people know, um, I, at one point, point in time was unfortunately heavier than my commercial grade kickboxing bag over there, which is over 272 pounds to be exact, mm -hmm. slightly over that. <laughs> and when I realized, when I realized that I didn't feel healthy, I think for me, that's what clicked in like, and I promised myself I was not going to go on another diet because to me that the word diet is very it has a very negative connotation to it so i just wanted to get healthy so okay mm -hmm. great i took that first huge step and let me tell you that was a huge step because it was painful in more ways than one to take that mm -hmm. first step right yeah <laughs> i went on a venture to get healthy and what i did was just kind of scaled back and paid attention to what, when, and how much I was eating. And, and of course, I added the why, a lot of whys. Mm -hmm. Why am I eating a bag of chips? And no, no lie, I would sit there and eat a bag of chips, a whole bag of chips before dinner time. Well, because I was bored, well, like, you know, what was, you know, like I had to look internally at what I was doing and how I was doing. Long story short, um, <laughs> I was very successful. I've kept all the weight off. And sometime when I originally lost the weight, and that's something else that, that I want to touch upon too, because you're an expert in this field, um, you know, being a health coach and, you know, coaching some of my different clients, the one thing, especially for women that comes up is after they lose the weight is, Number one, they don't recognize themselves in the mirror. They still see a fat girl there. I, I was very mm -hmm. chubby. I was very heavy. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was, they, it's not that I was afraid to eat. I was still nourishing my body. But, <laughs> excuse me, if a bowl of chips came around, I was like, <gasps> now I, I know for myself, I have to be very careful around chips that, that has a lot of 
emotional attachment to it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I would love your, um, your expert opinion on how you work through that. You mentioned your uh, three phase process and I'm sure that would have helped me long ago. Yeah, yeah. So um, first of all, I do wanna say that intuitive eating is not meant to be like anti-weight loss. Um, it's really more about doing things that just feel good to you and feel best for your health. Um, but without intentionally, you know, focusing on that number, um, because it's going to change. Uh, and, and I think that that's a really important thing to point out. Um, so with that being said, my, my framework really focuses first on the body image. Um, so like you mentioned, like looking, you know, even if you lose weight looking in the mirror and still like seeing that other person or the person that you were before, um, or just not liking how you look in the mirror. And so we've really focused on, you know, the body image, understanding where that story that you're telling yourself about your body came from and kind of, you know, just trying to accept your body. So I think we all have heard about like body love and, you know, loving your body and things like that. Um, but really I focus on just accepting it because love can come, you know, that can be very difficult for a lot of people and take years and years and years. Um, so just trying to jump right into body love is, is not very, you know, attainable for a lot of people, um, in a short period of time. So we really work on accepting your body as it is and understanding that, health can be achieved at any size, um, no matter, you know, what your weight is or what your size is. Um, the, the things that maybe we're afraid of, like diabetes or heart disease or something like that, um, they don't just affect people in larger bodies, right? They affect anybody in any size. So, taking the focus off of weight and putting it on what behaviors you can do to support your health. Um, so it could be making small changes to your diet. If you have been diagnosed with um, a disease or something like that, that can be managed by your diet, um, but in a way that feels good to you and that is not going to focus on that weight. You know, that is so true because especially as women, I know when I hop on the scale, you know, you look at that number and it's like, it was like, that's always been an emotional process for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, okay, whatever, you know, <laughs> I, I weighed myself maybe once a month of that. And the thing with weighing ourselves is you said it so eloquently, but I wanted to say it again, don't focus on the number because you can be healthy if you're a little chubbier or on the chubbier side. Um, in diabetes and these different types of diseases, um, don't, there's no prerequisite as far as um, you can, you can be thin as a rail and have diabetes. Mm -hmm. So don't focus on the number. I love that. Yeah. And I think that helps to take the pressure off. I think when people hear that, they're like, oh man, like 
this weight is lifted off my shoulder and you know what I don't have to be at this certain size like I can focus on other things um, so that's really, you know, the first phase is just understanding that your weight doesn't define you and it doesn't define your health. Um, and to learn to just accept that your body is going to change um, throughout your life. Like it's not meant to stay the same, right? Like, and, and we accept that when we're children, you know, you're, oh, my child is growing. Um, they go through phases where they're long and lean and then they might you know, get a little bit bigger and then, you know, they'll lean out again, whatever it is. But as adults, we, we, for some reason, feel like we have to stay the same size all the time, which is just not true. Um, your, your body is going to change. And I think that we need to just accept that and figure out a way to live with the body that we're in now. Oh my gosh, that is so true. And I can't wait to hear about the next step. Let's jump <laughs> right into that. Absolutely. So phase two really focuses on listening to your body. And that means like actually understanding what it's telling you. Um, we go through understanding hunger and fullness and satisfaction and um, the importance of all three and how they work together to, um, you know, help you live, keep you fueled and, and happy and not thinking about food all the time. So the one thing that my clients say when they start with me is that they think about food all the time. And that's because they're probably not eating enough. Um, they have restrictions around food and they're not listening to when their body's telling them they need to eat. And that's one of the signs of hunger that we don't think about is if you're thinking about food all the time, it's your brain and your body are telling you it's time to eat. You got to eat. <laughs> um, it's not always super obvious. Um, so we really focus on understanding, getting in tune with our bodies. Um, I don't know if you've heard of mindful eating, mm -hmm. but yeah. I do teach a little bit of mindful eating to help you help bring you into um, yourself and understand the why. So you said, you know, you were trying to figure out the why of eating. Um, so that also comes into play here too, is understanding why you're eating certain foods. Right, exactly. So for instance, if you're eating a bag of chips, guilty, and a half an hour later, you have a stomach ache, that should be a big signal to you, to me, I should say, um, yeah, okay, you really shouldn't eat a bag of chips because you always get, don't feel so well a half an hour later. So um, I have bought, <laughs> FYI, I have bought bags of chips, you know, most recently. And I, if I want them, like I come up with these different little, I don't wanna say tricks. That's not the word I wanna use. But I'm like, okay, if I really want that chip, a couple of chips, let me have a glass. I love the glass of water thing because that kind of gives me that opportunity to kind of take a step back. And of course, you know, drinking water is good for you and it makes you feel fuller. So if I still really want a couple of chips, you know, my favorite number is five. So I pick out five chips and of course they have to be the biggest chips in the bag. So, but anyways, that's kind of what I do. So 
Thank you for sharing that. You know, understanding that why is so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other important piece to that is doing it without judgment. So, you know, questioning why you're um, craving something or you maybe ate past comfortable fullness, um, but not judging yourself for it. And I think that is where the difference lies between intuitive eating or mindful eating like that and, um, and dieting. Dieting is full of judgment. You're always telling yourself, no, you're bad. I shouldn't do this. Um, I know better than this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that this takes that away. So you're just looking at it from curiosity and, you know, saying it's okay. It's okay. If I want these chips, it's okay. If I eat this bag of chips, but I know it's not going to make me feel good. Um, you know, what is it? Why am I feeling like I need to overeat or eat more than, um, what's going to make me feel good. Right. Exactly. Cause usually when you're craving something, it may not necessarily be hunger. It could possibly be a deficiency in um, a major type of uh, micronutrient or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, but it also could be hunger. So that's where it, um, why it's important to understand like what are your specific signals to tell you that you're hungry. Um, it does, it takes a long time to understand that too. It's not just going to happen overnight because, you know, most of us over a lifetime have learned to kind of ignore those signals and, and only go by certain rules that diets have told us or, you know, that we have learned from other people. Um, so that's not going to happen overnight, but it is a good way to just have a better understanding of your body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. That's so true because I think too, as we go through seasons in our lives, um, not only do our bodies change, but different foods maybe that we used to love don't really agree with us so more. So it's really mm -hmm. important to kind of like take notice of that. And that's part of all that. So let's dive into number three. I can't wait so to so the third phase is actually um, learning about how to nourish your body. So we've kind of gone through, you know, accepting our bodies, learning what our bodies are telling us and trusting our bodies. And now we're going to learn um, how we can nourish our bodies in a way that makes us feel good. So this focuses on the uh, nutrients and the nutritional aspect of food. Um, I take my clients through each of the food groups, um, help them understand like the importance of all the nutrients that you get from all the foods, like all foods can fit into your diet. All foods have nutrition. Um, and, and it just is a matter of how you incorporate those more nutritious foods and those less nutritious foods into your diet so that you have this, you know, well-rounded diet and meal. Yeah. And you know what, that's very interesting because, and I have a question for you. Do you think that there are any bad foods? No. So my philosophy is that food is neutral. Um, some foods are going to nourish our bodies more 
and some foods are gonna nourish our souls more. But both are important. And there's not, I mean, one is not better than the other. Um, all foods can be allowed in your diet. Uh, but I will say that if you think about foods that you tend to eat too much of or that you eat past comfortable fullness, um, that doesn't feel good, right? Like it doesn't feel good to eat past comfortable fullness or to eat only one thing all the time. Um, and that's true for any kind of food. It's just that we don't think about the more nourishing foods that way. Um, so I like to remind people like, there's a reason you might binge on potato chips and not broccoli. And it has everything to do with how you view food mm -hmm. versus um, the actual nutritional value of that food. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much um, for explaining that. Because, yeah. you know, although we, the bad food category, like we put those things into a category because there is some kind of emotional attachment to that. And obviously mine is potato chips. Um, and of course, it's ice cream time, but we won't get into that. But interestingly enough, when you were chatting about, you know, knowing the signals of your body, uh, when to, like when you're full, for instance, like, you know, obviously I had dinner last night before we went out and I, uh, I wanted to have a little bit of ice cream and I just do like a half a scoop because I think it's more than enough just to kind of satisfy the taste buds, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I was full, and but I still wanted the ice cream. I'm like, no, I'm full. So it's okay to do that. Absolutely, yeah. And, and that's where that like soul nourishing comes into, right? Like, yeah, maybe you were full, you weren't hungry, but it was just like one of those things that just felt so good to have. And like you you were probably pretty satisfied, I would guess, after having a little bit of that ice cream and, you know, getting that taste for it. Um, and, and I think when you think about it, that's not something that you would want to do all the time because it wouldn't feel good, right? It wouldn't feel good to eat something after you're always full every time you eat. Um, but understanding why you wanted it, you know, why did I want to have that. Well, it was just, you know, a fun night out. And I just really wanted to cap it off with a little bit of ice cream and, you know, that's okay. Our, our lives are meant to be enjoyed. And so is food. Food is meant to be enjoyed. So we don't have to have a specific reason for eating that food. If it's just going to nourish your soul, then that's okay. Absolutely. And we have a viewer on who's a very good friend of mine, Sandy. Um, she said five chips. Wow, you are disciplined. Yes, I'm getting much better at that. Thank you, Sandy. Food as love, food as medicine. Um, I always talk about chocolate. And if you're craving chocolate a lot, that's we all know that's a lack of magnesium. Um, and she also met, has a comment about bad foods, no bad foods, only food, foods that don't serve us in the best way. So, okay. Yeah. I, I think that is interesting because I was also going to mention that, you know, it's eating and, um, 
like doing things for whatever reason, you want it to be so that it serves you. And so um, this is what I love about intuitive eating is that you can kind of make it what you want um, as long as it serves your life. And I think that with diets, they're so rigid and so difficult to stick with for most people that it's not going to serve you in the way that you want to live. Um, so you can make it what you want. And food is the same way. You can you can eat foods that serve you in the best way that you feel, you know, it does. So if you want to eat more fruits and vegetables because you just feel better, if you do, then that's, that's awesome. Go for it. If you feel like it's, you know, you want to have your little bit of ice cream after dinner. Um, even if it's every night, that's okay too. If that's what is going to serve you and make you feel satisfied and, and happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, absolutely. Now I know too, you know, we were chatting before, <laughs> excuse me about, um, you know, different diseases like diabetes and, and that type of thing and heart disease. Um, you know, so just because I lost all this weight doesn't mean that I still won't get diabetes or heart disease because those are genetic factors. And a lot of that does go into, you know, a person's health history. I'm going to try to fight it as much as I can because I do feel healthier, but mm -hmm. I do also want to point out after your clients go through that process of working with you, I'm sure a byproduct of that at is that they not only start to feel better, they have a sense of um, they are taking charge, they are taking control of their lives. And as a byproduct of that, they probably have lost some weight. So it's not guaranteed. Um, a lot of people, it just depends. It depends on where your body wants to settle. Um, so there's a book called Anti-Diet by Chrissy Harrison. Um, she is a dietitian, and I, she has a quote in that book that says, I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but it's something along the lines of, um, the, the weight that your, what was it? If you have to constantly restrict or be in a calorie deficit in order to be at a certain weight, then that's not the weight for you. Um, and I think that when it's all said and done, our bodies are going to settle at a certain weight. Um, if you are feeding it correctly, if you're feeding it enough food and, and listening to your body and just letting your body guide you, it's going to settle at a certain weight. And that is going to be different for everyone. So some people who have been under eating their whole lives because they've been dieting and been restricting their calories um, may end up gaining some weight because they needed to, gotcha. um, once they're finished with my program, some may stay the same weight and then some may end up losing a little weight, you know, if they have been conditioned to eat past comfortable fullness all the time, and that's all that they have ever known, then they may end up losing a little bit of weight because they're listening to their bodies and, you know, stopping when they're full more often. But that's, again, that's not guaranteed. It just depends on your unique body and what, um, what it needs. Absolutely. At what point when you're working with your clients, and maybe this comes up right away, I'm not sure, um, fitness from a non-diet lens. I love that. Yeah. So that's actually, um, 
towards the end of my process, but um, we focus on finding joyful movement. Um, so I'm sure that you have probably, you know, done exercise that you really didn't enjoy doing just because you felt like that was the best way to lose weight or the best way to burn calories or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And just like with anything, if you don't enjoy doing it, then you're probably going to be less likely to want to do it. And you're not going to like, you know, continue doing it for a long time. Um, so with exercise, it's the same thing. If you're forcing yourself to do hours of cardio every week, but you don't enjoy doing that, then it's going to be harder and harder to motivate yourself to do it. And movement should not be something that you dread doing or that you don't want to do. And that movement can be anything. It doesn't have to be organized exercise. It could be, you know, walking around the block with your dog, or it could be um, kayaking. If you like to be out on the water, it could be just, you know, I don't know, going for a hike. So it doesn't have to be going to the gym for hours and hours and hours every week. Um, just finding little ways to, to move in, in ways that you enjoy doing it. I love that because, um, well, I will say that I'm a gym rat, but I love that now. And I love, um, kickboxing mm -hmm. uh, for me to get on a treadmill, honestly, for, for me is boring. So mm -hmm. that's why I love kickboxing. It challenges me. And I get really excited, obviously, when I chat about it. And, you know, obviously I have a, a home bag here. But, you know, to find what works for, for you, and sometimes it may be uh, just something as simple as um, going on YouTube, for instance, maybe you have an old hula hoop and, you know, there may be hula hoop videos on YouTube. So why, why not do that for a few minutes if that's what you love to do? Maybe you love doing it as a child and, you know, hey, you want to get into it again, whatever it is, just get some type of a movement don't force yourself to do it but do something that excites you maybe it's something new so who knows that's awesome yeah yeah and I think the other piece to that is um, again taking the focus off of weight and calories and and um, you know making up for what you ate and putting that focus more on how does it make you feel um, how, you know, there are so many benefits to exercise and moving, you know, what do you want to focus on? Um, and you can, you can look at other, um, aspects of fitness besides the calories and the weight and things like that. Like there are other things that you can focus on if that's what you want to do. Or like for me, I just exercise purely because I, it makes me feel good. Um, it has, you know, I obviously, I know the benefits of exercise and I do think that's important, but at the same time, like I have found things that I really enjoy and that make me feel good. And so I'm going to continue doing that. Absolutely. What is a word of advice? Maybe somebody who's going to listen to the podcast or view it and they are a chronic dieter and they just can't seem to get out of that cycle? What is a word of advice or tip that you could give them? Um, so 
probably one of the best things that many of my clients and myself have done um, to break out of that cycle is just to surround yourself with um, other people who are, who have broken free or are in the process of breaking free from the diet cycle. So social media, you know, it could go either way, right? Like social media can bring you down and make you question your body image and things like that. But there are lots of communities out there that are talking about the same thing, you know, that diets don't work, that you can accept your body at any size. And so I think surrounding yourself, whether it's in person or on social media with those accounts and those communities can really, really help. Um, And also, you know, following accounts that are different, like people who are different sizes. So, you know, people that look like you, but also people that maybe are larger than you um, to see that you can, it's okay to be in a larger body and that you can still do all these things in a larger body. Um, You know, it's, it's really a psychological thing. Like the more you expose yourself to it, the more you start to feel and think that way too. Um, So I think that is a great place to start. Oh, wow. I love that. Great tips for that. Surrounding yourself Mm -hmm. with communities, whether it be on social media or who knows, and there's so many different platforms out there lately. I, I can't even keep up with them and I'm a virtual assistant. Um, and of course now audio social media, which is mm-hmm. the hottest topic. And I know that they have different communities on there as well. How yeah. can our um, viewers and listeners um, get in contact with you? Um, so I am on Instagram. Um, my handle is guilt.free.nutrition. And you can always um, message me on there if you have any questions or um, want to know more about my program. Um, and then I also have a website. It's called, it's alexspicernutrition.com. Um, so you can contact me there. There's a form you can fill out to get on my newsletter. Or um, again, if you have a question, you can kind of just email me from the website. Oh, perfect. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. And I'm so excited, as I said, before we got on to record to have you on today and have this conversation. I can't thank you enough for being in this space today and sharing your passion and how you help your clients. And I think that's just amazing. Folks, you know, Alex shared some great information today and, you know, definitely go to her website, alexspicernutrition.com or contact her on Instagram, guilt.free.nutrition. And I will make sure all that information gets in the show notes. We have a thank you, Alex, from Sandy. Thank you, Sandy. Um, Obviously, today is Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Uh, Unfortunately, as I said, Carol Sue was delayed. She does a much better description at, at, describing Wealth Wellness Wednesday, it's giving from the heart. It's not so much a money exchange, but it's giving from the heart. Of course, money exchange would be great. Wealth Wellness Wednesday, sharing the wealth. Maybe you're at the gas pump and you put, you know, a $5 bill in whether you put your credit card, create that ripple effect, whatever it may be for you. 
Carol Sue, um, she wanted to be on today, and I know that she will be watching this. And she'll say, I did okay with the description, but whatever. Did the best I could. Hey, Wealth One is the one today, as I said. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Steve of 5.0. Thank you again, Alex. Um, it Thank was you so much having you on today. Folks, don't forget to come back often. We definitely will be having Alex on again. Everyone have a great Wednesday. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome.